So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows, updated with linky links to Tiki Tickets. Say it with me, baby. csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Now it's dark. Hey, this is Jack Morrissey welcoming you to episode 12 of Team Jack, which is entitled... Adam, I think you should do it. I can't do it. You should do it. Do it. I, but I, I only do it the other Hold the microphone closer Patty. to your mouth, Adam. I say Patty. First timer. Angle it. Yay. Oh, okay. Ready? This is rather phallic. You're going to do it? Do it. I say this Patty, though. Yeah, okay. He's going to say it. He's going to say it as my sister would say it. <laughs> All right, do it. Episode 12, title? Adam. <laughs> That's what my sister calls Adam Cook, who is joining us here for the first time, um, as well as barely able-bodied Thank Matt you. Cohen I with pr- his um, muta- mutated chicken wing of an arm. I appreciate that. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you guys haven't seen me before, I have a half arm. It's kind of weird. It's a palsy, right? Yeah, it's a palsy. It's a, it's a form of palsy. <laughs> is it um bells? Is it chicken palsy? Chi- what are the, they called? Chi- they would call it wing palsy because you look like a pal- chicken wing, right? Yeah, they call me. They used to call me winger in high school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like the drummer for Def Leppard. <laughs> um, what have I got myself into? Also. Uh, since this is the last episode of Team Jack that we're recording in 2011, the year that brought us Team Jack, amongst uh, a great many other cultural landmarks, we're bringing back, um, by popular demand, <laughs> a previous guest to the show, probably the most popular guest uh, on the podcast this year, and that is our old friend, Ard Begg. Brewed by Merlin in a cave in the darkest moors, <laughs> fermented over the corpses of virgins over 300 centuries, <laughs> and brought into Jack's living room. <laughs> well, Adam was a little disappointed coming up here for his um, his virgin podcasting experience that he wasn't going to get any liquor. <laughs> I was offered a bottled water. Like, as Matt Cohen it? sparks up his crack pipe. Yeah, exactly. Spark it up, yeah. I'm not going to be able to. Do you need a letter? Yeah, Want me to get a clicker? Yeah. Well, I'll vamp while you do. Okay, vamp, ready? Right. Three, two, one, vamp. Is this your first uh, podcasting experience? Are you seem are you new to the game? Very new to the game. Well, have you ever heard a podcast before? Yes. Is it? Have you heard Team I've Jack? Heard, I've heard Team Jack. 
So is there a standard you're trying to set? Like, do you, are you are you gunning <laughs> are you gunning for Yolen's spot? No, not at all. I w- I'm not trying to take Yolen's spot because it's probably doable. He's never here. I don't know what that fucking that dude's like. Leo and catch me if you can. He's just off gallivanting around the world. Oh, there we go. Nice. Greg is your Ed McMahon. Um, Here's our old friend being opened. Yolan will be pissed he missed this one now. (laughs) Where's Yolan? Ooh, 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 you can smell it. That was a good good sound. Virgins. Yolan is in... uh, Put the mic near the... Come on, man. You you did the pop. Take us through the whole experience. All right. It is. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Is there any left? Oh, it's like a classy. Mm. It's like a classy little tinkle. Heavy pour. There we go. <laughs> Shake it off. <laughs> Cohen now, will be I'm, having none. I'm not a uh, a booze drinker per se, but that, is that a very shockingly small amount of of whatever that drink is yes. to be drinking in a glass? It'll get you there, though, right? It oh, won't. Yeah, that's fine. We'll open another bottle. It seems like you would put that on a baby's mouth oh, to make Adam, them go Adam, to Adam, sleep. Adam. Nope. To pig pen. To pig pen. Oh, little Absent pig. Absent friends. Matt Cohen. We're bumping his mic. Audible here. There we go. <laughs> Cheers to pig pen. Little pig. Little pig. Duck, duck, duck. They are drinking the brown liquid. <laughs> He's a shotgun vat. Mm-hmm. Is it scotch? Is that what it is? I'm sipping mine. I'm not shotgunning. But scotch. It's fire water. Scotch is the same thing as whiskey, right? Who cares? Okay, I don't know. There's a there's a complicated definition. If we ever get into, like the, we ever get into that. Scotch, Scotch whiskey. whiskey, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. all... Okay, it's all that brown shit that's how horrific. How they age it and what they I'll age stop it the in. podcast if we ever drill too deeply down into that kind of shit. No, we can, we can, we can break down like Jamie... Bartender business. Jamie Gertz's fucking career, but we can't talk about like where whiskey <laughs> comes from. <laughs> Did I miss the Jamie Gertz conversation? No, but it'll Was happen. On the show? It'll happen eventually. No, Matt, Matt records so many podcasts in a week. I'm sure I've, had a, I've mentioned Jamie Gertz at some point this week. Exactly. God Where, knows. What happened to Jamie Gertz, man? I think I know she's on a sitcom. Yep. But for in the 80s there, she was poised as like, oh, this will be the hottest chick of all time forever. And then she disappeared for like 15, 20 years. Um, Adam, just, do you have the answer to that? I don't. I'm not the Jamie Gertz aficionado. I know she did... <sighs> It was like um, less than zero, and then Lost Boys. Lost Boys. There were like a string of like four and which or one five. Is, which one there. is she worse in? <laughs> Lost Take Boys. your time. Doesn't she have that classic line where they ask her how she's doing, and she's like, "What do you mean? How am I doing? How do I look?" <laughs> that's in less than zero, right? Yeah, that's how she's doing, right? Um, star, star. Where are you from, dude? I feel like I always meet, I meet all of your, your fun friends, like, as we're talking on the podcast. I know the spokes of the wheel. This should um, be my trade, this should be my catchphrase, stoner catchphrase. You, you probably could guess. What are you all about, man? I could do your origin story, Adam, but it'd be a lot more interesting if you did it. And it'd be a lot more interesting if you did it after downing that entire glass in oh, one hell. swallow. All right, here we as go. Bill, Bill's production designer would say. <clears throat> Down the Is he big booze hound? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. It smells like a barber shop in here. Barbasol. <laughs> Tastes like burning. It burns. <laughs> okay. Where are, where were we? 1987, the westernmost westernmost suburb of St. Louis, Chesterfield. Any further west, and you'll be in Kansas City. This is how you and I met. 
Well, it, uh, that was the, that's the bucolic setting. Yeah, we're doing your origin story. Origin story. Well, Matt Cohen I was there asked where you were from. I met you, but nobody cares where you were before you <laughs> met me, Adam. <laughs> Oops. Wait. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're another Saint lunatic. I am uh, from Saint Louis and known Jack, I think, for twenty, what, twenty five years now. Yeah, I can't even do that level of simple years. math. Thanks, Catholic school. Yeah. But I met you through uh, the radio station, the YMCA, low-band alternative radio station. One of two in the world at the time that were owned by the YMCA. Yep. One of only two in the world. This one was uh, KY- 89.7 KYMC, KYMC, broadcasting out of a small clapboard house. Yeah, it was like a little... Lean to shotgun shed. shack that was uh, on standing the high school grounds on the grounds of Parkway West High School yep. in Baldwin, Missouri, probably yeah, I think so, or Manchester, maybe or Manch. I think it was Baldwin. Baldwin. Again, this is this is like John Hughes country in St. Louis in the mid '80s, vintage Hughes period, vintage Hughes, yes. Hughes High School, Parkway West is. Almost completely interchangeable with um, Shermer High School, I Shermer still have Illinois. I a pair of vans from back then. Really? I bet you do. What's <laughs> up, 80s hoarder next on TLC? <laughs> Make that a whole other <laughs> podcast. Come to my apartment. <laughs> I feel like that you just made hoarders sadder if even if, if possible. <laughs> 80s hoarders. 80s hoarders. Much sadder, yeah. Right. Um. So Adam and I met through uh, this girl, Gail Gallagher, who was wearing a purple floral uh, concession girl uniform at the Warrenburg Clarkson Six Sine on uh, Olive Road or Clarkson well, Road worked. in Chesterfield, uh, where I was wearing the black and white monkey suit of. I don't the think I ever saw you Usher. going to that theater. Really. Don't think I did. Here's the I thing I remember lot, about though. that. I had shoes that I'd bought at the mall somewhere, right? Probably at, at either like Famous Bar, Sticks Bayer, and Fuller, which then became Dillard's. Oh, Take God. your pick. But they were like leather shoes. They had no identifying features on them. And like looking back on them now, they were the gayest fucking shoes ever. Really? And I rock those to work every night oh. at that sixplex. <laughs> Not after you just described them. How embarrassing. That. You weren't rocking them. No, it was pretty sad. It was pretty sad. Well, that Cinemuck on the bottom of them? Cleaning What's up that? The, the Cinemuck on the bottom of your shoe. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, nothing is as bad. Adam at that time was also, or right before we met, was also ripping tickets at the now-closed Woods Mill, Woods Mill Cinema on what is probably still technically... Is that Woods Mill Road now? It, w- it was Woods Mill Road, but now they turned it into the... It's a, some, it's, a, it's a numeric right? something now. It was an old country road that they then turned into like a, a two-lane and then a four-lane yeah. expressway or something, or State you Route 141. You can't even get that road now to get down to where that theater is. No, they was. choked it off. It's total fried yeah. green tomatoes territory. They yeah. choked that little movie theater off, a little uh, twin theater that had yes. a had the projector for both houses in the lobby (laughs) in a plexiglass box. So you could actually see that fat um, 
at the time, union projectionist in the box, in the clear box, operating that projector that brought you such films as... Uh, what are your favorites that you saw at the Woods Mill before I roll through mine? Oh, my God. Uh, Sudden Impact was there. Gremlins mm-hmm. was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scarface. Yep. Um, Preppies. I remember that being there. Hating oh, my that God. Movie. Preppies. Yes. <clears throat> um, I just bought the rights to that, actually. I'm going to remake it. <laughs> I'm rebooting Preppies. Just kidding. Uh, Jeff Mahler, that's for you. That was oh. That was for Jeff. What remember. else? Um, I'll tell you the two that I saw. At Woods Mill? Uh-huh. That I most remember. It's the um, Uber Masturbatory C. Thomas Howell double bill. Not a double bill at the time, but now I've I've created the double bill in my head. Grandview. In the New Beverly of my imagination. New Beverly Cinema of my imagination. Grandview, USA, directed by Randall Kleiser, who now we have the privilege to actually know, as well as C. Thomas Howell, who I have actually had lunch with. hey and um, and you have his head in your room. And I have his severed head in my room, it's true. Um, and Red Dawn. Both of them at the Woods Mill. I think I worked there when Red Dawn was Two there. classics of I thought you were going to go with the, sem- the seminal Soul Man. That was there when I worked there. Soul Man was? Yeah, I think so. I saw Soul Man at the... Um, and by the way... I can do hours of know what movie I saw at what now closed or now demolished multiplex. I weirdly remember where I saw what movies, who I was with, and what posters were even in the lobby sometimes. Really? Yeah. I never remember anymore who I was with. Where did you see uh, Breakfast Club? At the De Pair? Yeah. How did you know that? That's where I saw it. Good call. I saw Breakfast Club with another guy in uh, in my Boy Scout troop who I had a crush on. Nothing ever happened. That's a bad. That's a sad story. Sad panda. Not a very John Hughesian ending to that one. Right? Well, it is a John Hughes ending. That little yeah. well, ducky, were, that little ducky. faggot doesn't. <laughs> exactly, like Ducky Morsey. <laughs> With your gay shoes from the theater. <laughs> I think See, Adam, you're making connections as you sit. I think <laughs> I said. I think I said. How easy this I think is. I said it on, on this podcast. But like, I'm, I was born in 1984, so like, I missed the Hughes boat and can't jump onto it because it's can't co- at all access. Because it. it's neon colored and they're playing fucking Bananarama and shit. <laughs> Actually, they're not, Matt. I know, but it's just I have a weird disconnect with 80s. Like, I saw Breakfast Club. Playing Dream Academy, not Bananarama, and there are many differences there. (laughs) I saw Breakfast Club for the first time this year, and while I can acknowledge, like, yeah, that's a good film, I just have zero connection to anyone who taught, like... Judd Nelson was supposed to be the cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one is what they are. He was anymore. the stoner. Through the eyes of, of of growing up in the next generation, past yeah. it, I can't connect. Even with what's fast your favorite, what's your own personal favorite high school movie then? Well, well, my favorite movie of all time is Dazed, even though I have no connection to it whatsoever. Dazing Infused, which is really? a high school. movie. That's not yeah. your era either. Yeah. No, my era's high school movie is fucking Clueless. Think about it. Well, I graduated in like 2002. Do worse. Uh, wait, can't hardly you? wait. 27. Okay. So like we had like can't hardly wait. That's a terrible and clueless. Movie. Those were our kind of like you high also, school movies. You, if you have can't hardly wait, don't you also have ten things I hate about you? We do, and like she's all that. Oof. Which oh. was the Freddie Prince. But there's like a five minute hacky scene in it. I'm gonna put my microphone down. <laughs> this was how I, just I remind, I'm reminded of yeah. that line from um, David Cronenberg's The Fly. Look at what you've degenerated into. 
I mean, yeah, <laughs> those are my high school flicks. Was that, yeah. like, it was, Clueless, arguably, was the, was the only Clueless one. Clueless is the classic of the lot the that 90, you just mentioned. Yeah, and even the one from, that rises to the top. Those but but for us, we look at Clueless, I'm sure. Or, yeah. And Clueless is like Heather's in a very minor key. Yes. Totally. Heather's. Agreed. Clueless is also like a weird movie in that. And see, again, this is like the thing about podcasting, Adam Cook. Like you just end up here. It just became the like, Clueless what? podcast. Yeah. But here's the weird thing about Clueless: when you look at most of the soundtrack from Clueless, it's all '80s songs. It so is like, a lot of "Come Again" by General Public 80s, or yes. "Tenderness" from General Public. And even it's a fucking even the '80s song. Kids What's in America. Do- kids in America. Song. What's um, it doing in that movie? The one weird nod they do to the '90s. I guess Heckerling was trying to pro- like uh, Nostradamus that shit. That ska was somehow going to become big because there's like oh, yeah, right. four Mighty Mighty Boston songs, oh, really? and they're in the fucking movie too. Really? They go to that dance, and the Mighty Mighty Bostones are performing. She and it's the main it. song, right? It's the main Mighty Mighty Boss Tones song. Never. Yeah, impression yeah. that I get. Knock on yeah, wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the impression that I get. Yeah. And um, how do you write? There's one that you haven't mentioned, and I'm shocked you haven't mentioned it because the soundtrack was exponentially more played. Uh, Empire and, Records. Yeah. See, two Seattle weirdo. Those kids were older than high school kids, so I had right. I, I wasn't into that music grunge. Yeah, I missed the one grunge pretty boy too. with the hair lip. You missed singles then too. You're too young. For yeah, oh, I don't even know what singles is. Yeah. I've never, Let I've, me I've, explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's a Cameron Crow bomb. See, I grew up in a real dearth of like fucking high school teen teen. It it started becoming like the chick flick thing. Ten things I hate about you and Clueless. you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, it stopped being generational. She's all that. Yeah. All those all those high school movies, and let's just put them in quote marks before I go further. Quote high school movies unquote made by Dimension. Yeah, in the nineties, teaching Mrs. Woof. Tingle. Woof. Uh, and by oh. the way, it's so interesting. Faculty, like, however, I love, and that's a nineties Dimension really? high school flick. Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that fucking movie. You know what I love about that movie, Adam? Do you know? Um, Josh Hartnett's haircut. No, the scene where Josh Hartnett is chased by the what's-it across the parking lot, scrabbles up a wall, whether it's a chain-link fence or a cinder block wall, or maybe the side of a bus, parked bus. Yeah, it's a parked bus because Jordana Brewster's inside of it. Falls back down, and as he hits the pavement, the pavement drags his jeans down ever (laughs) so slightly. So that suddenly you're looking at like four or five inches of sort of the top of Josh Hartnett's ass. It's pretty good. That's what would happen in real life in an alien invasion. And thank God. And so well observed by Robert <laughs> Rodriguez. So well observed. I love that flick. I don't think that gets enough play. No. I don't, I don't, I think people kind of write it off as some dumb kind of teen horror. Well, film. there's, there are entire books to be made. And in fact, it's like somebody at like Wacko or whatever could put together a deluxe slipcase, uh, signed and numbered limited edition coffee table book of nothing but the dimension posters. From the 90s, where it was all those kids' heads all lined up. Because that's the faculty poster. That's what I grew up with, man. What's up? Oh, shit. Going? Gremlins popping off. (laughs) You better stop it before we get past, like, eight notes. (laughs) It keeps going. (laughs) Um, See, but but while, unfortunately, those were my, and maybe not even unfortunately, like, those were my movies I went to go see in high school. That's what I had. you were dealt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. What about? What I know it? what you did last last summer. Oh, we had all that shit. We had like, oh, I, I, I still, still know. know. I know. I again. used to know. Yep. I know what you did two summers ago. All the children of Scream. We had Scream too. That was like eighth grade. That was mm-hmm. seventh grade. I was in when that. When again, that blew more up. heads all lined up. More dimension heads. Yeah. 
The all vertical, the vertical yep. line. Always though. Nev Campbell's head. It's vertical line on the left, bad guy, bigger floating head on the right, typically. Mm-hmm. Except for the faculty where it's a horizontal lineup. It we're is gonna, horizontal. We're going to need more alcohol if we're going to keep going in this direction. <laughs> do you want another bottle? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do you want, do you want no, another I'm bottle? Kidding. I can't remember what teaching Mrs. Tingle was, but I do remember that the film was originally, it was, called, it was originally called Killing Mrs. Tingle, and I was that's like, right. oh, that's dangerous. At 12 years old or 14, I was like, right. that's an edgy fucking foot. Right. Right. Well, it didn't turn to change out, it though. Didn't turn out to be that. Right. Because they were killing teachers and That's uh, right. That was right after schools. Columbine, yeah, yeah. Um And then sometimes when you're podcasting you just come to a dead stop. You run out. <laughs> you run out from time to time. <laughs> though there is one is uh do you consider the home alone flicks Hughes movies? Oh, uh not, that, he wrote not that interests me in the slightest. But would that be part of his canon, do you think, when you're no. talking to Hughes? The no. The first one, he wrote the first one. It's a separate thing. I think he wrote the second one, too, no? It's a separate Did thing. It? Once The only stuff that I consider part of his canon the are the stuff. high school stuff or... Planes, trains? Planes, trains, planes, trains can trains. go in, which Adam Cook worked on. I did. I was an And extra. he'll tell us stories from planes, trains, and automobile after the break. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, and she's having a baby. That's not a teen movie? I don't nope, know. But it's no, auto- semi-autobiographical, so it goes in. No, what's the Madonna movie called? Desperately Seeking Susan. It had a oh. similar name to that. Or like, She's the One, or She's the... Ma- oh, I'll never remember. All right. Madonna. I'm what, was the other Hughes movie? what was the Hughes movie that he shot before? She's Having a Baby that was released after it. Baby's Remember Day there out? was that whole switcheroo? It was the... The Frank Whaley movie, the career opportunities. Career opportunities, that one. We really need Jeff Mahler on this podcast. I'm going to invite him next time. <laughs> Matt, or or Kevin, IMDb? man, I am IMDb. Man. Kevin's a fucking huge expert and aficionado. Uh, she's having a baby. Kevin Bacon, Elizabeth. My God, I don't even know what that. Look is. Oh, the... it was. Um... No, they they intercut those movies. Remember the opening of PTA, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles has Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Do a cameo, and it's yeah. his character from uh, here we go. She's Having a Baby. All right. She, uh, it went, you want to know how it, in what order it went in? Hang on, I got it. Pretty in Pink, then Ferris Bueller, then Some Kind of Wonderful. Well, the first thing is actually, are we talking about the, John Hughes as a director or as a writer-producer? I don't know Because anymore. everybody thinks he directed Pretty in Pink, but he did not. Oh, Nor did he direct Some Kind of Wonderful. Nor did he direct which the was also Howard Directed Deutsch, by wasn't Howie Deutsch as well. Who Adam Cook has also worked with. He did direct Curly Sue, though. Bless. And that's a movie I saw in theaters. And by the way, that's the end of the directing career. 1991. It's interesting. For the influence of John Hughes. Yeah, you're right. That was the last movie. Literally, here are the movies that he directed if you want to stick with so-called auteur culture. Sixteen Candles, TBC, The Breakfast Club, Weird Science, which did not have a little Hughes film abbreviation, FBDO, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, PTA, She's Having a Baby, which was always just She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, and Curly Sue, that's it. Uncle Buck. That's right. Uncle Buck, which introduced Macaulay Culkin to the world in the backseat of Uncle Buck's car. Whereas jeans were down and never mind. What? <laughs> and then I didn't realize Stop he did it. he did Dutch also, which is pretty much but Uncle Buck with a father. It. I didn't realize he wrote that because that's yeah. so similar to Uncle Buck. Yeah, I know. I'm a fan of Dutch. Well, how about she's 
some um, some kind of wonderful versus Pretty in Pink. I don't it's know. They're so. carbon copies. They're the exact same movie. It's unbelievable. The original ending There's that a, he was going to use, he put yeah. on the second movie. The last thing he ever did was um, he wrote the story for Drillbit Taylor. That's right. Yeah. Right. And then all the Beethoven movies. And he produced and maybe wrote co-wrote the story for a movie that his kid directed, which was called Reach the Rock. He also did Made in Manhattan, the story. Yeah. Right on. Also, when he died of a heart attack, he was apparently, apparently like morbidly obese and was walking down the street in New York City, wasn't he? He was in New and York, And was like I a think, gi- yeah. ginormous man, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Sad. It was sudden. He was, he was, it was very sad. Yeah. That's someone like Ferris Bueller was on TV every day when I was a kid. So that would be the one. You and can I access never, that one. I never loved it, but that was a big part of my childhood because it was on TV every fucking day and yeah. everyone loved it. That was the go-to movie. Um, I saw that as a sneak preview at your theater, the one you Clarkson were working Six. at Clarkson 6. One of the reasons, one of the many reasons people tune into Team Jack week after week is that they are um, widely uh, recognized as an expert on... <laughs> Classic movies. <laughs> but Ferris Bueller's Day Off is, along with some of those movies that we saw in the 80s, which is generally a period that uh, Bill Condon reviles, um, Field I'm of Dreams. I'm with Bill Condon. Matt, shush. <laughs> All right. Um, Field of Dreams, The Untouchables, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. These were movies that when you saw them, maybe you saw them in 70 millimeter because they were still striking those prints then. But when you saw them for the first time, you, not everybody, but I fucking knew. It's like, Dead I Poets. knew that he would never do Dead Poets Society, Dead Poets Stand By Me, Stand Princess by me. Bride. I knew that um, he would never do better than Ferris Bueller's Day Off in terms of writing and directing. He would never do better. It's so dense and um, it's just packed with something funny and then something moving and it's just so fully realized, but that was a great, it's a great decade movie. for it, movies. It, and you watch it today, and it still it still works. Yeah, and you, totally. You, at least for me, I can as does Dead Poets, and as Dead does Poets. Stand by Me, as does White Squall. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> I like White Squall. I like White Squall. I like too. White Squall. I, I, I think a lot like different, it for different reasons. reasons. It's, there's different a lot of gay reasons. stuff in it now that I think back. Yeah. No, but. Yeah. The rest of it, too, the cinematography, the score, the ship on the horrific, high seas. And it was just a horrific, it was a heartbreaking fucking movie. And it has a better, better than Perfect ship Storm. going down, people drowning stuff. Than Perfect Storm. Or Titanic. I'll give you that, too. I saw that yeah. in theaters and loved it. Dude. If you really want to be moved by people, okay, the ship is going down, and now people what? have to say goodbye to loved ones who are not going to Wife get out. and stuff, yeah. White Squall is the movie to watch. What's the gay stuff in it? I can't remember now. The boys are almost never dressed. Oh, okay. So there's no implicit, like, no one's having gay sex. No, there's but the no, way the boys no. are photographed is pretty, let's just say. Right on. Suggestive. I remember one of them, I'll never Ryan forget. Ryan Phillippe, Scott Wolf. Burning when he was peeing and he had to show his dick to the guy's wife. Yeah, I was, was young when I saw Balthazar this. Balthazar Getty. So. Oh, fuck that. Of the Getty of the family. G- of, the, of the Gettys. Of the <laughs> Balthazar Gettys. Those Gettys high on the hill with their museum. They went from uh, oil tycoons to feast, part one. That was the transgression of that fan. He's in like shitty fucking directed DVD movies. Balthazar Balth- Getty is? Yeah. yeah he was on also known as Balty Getty. And he was dating Paris Hilton for a while, I think, right? Yeah. And let's just say 
we're not really going to say it because we don't clear our podcast with anyone. We don't have an attorney, but let's just say he's, uh, he's on that team. No, no, no. Oh, no, not at all. It's not the Star Wars metaphor again. Okay. But, um, he likes sad. to party. Yeah, I mean, you would party hard, bro. You would assume so. I mean, the guy's Mm -hmm. been famous for twenty years and has never done anything. He's famous for fucking doing drugs and being a Getty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should get him on the podcast. (laughs) We could get him. Could we get a a Baltazar Getty type caliber on this show? Did he have a career? Not after you talked about him like that. (laughs) Did he have a career in the eighties that I missed? Because I only know him from random direct to DVD. Do you remember where it started? Flies. Yep. Harry Hook's version Harry Hook's. of Lord of the Flies. And he was the bad guy? No, he was the, he was good, the good kid, kid, Chris. He wasn't Piggy? He was not no. Piggy has the conch. <laughs> Piggy has the conch, got bashed in the head, and that was the end of him. Yeah. Actually, we should look up and see what happened. So it happened the other Piggy kid got was the conch. The other Chris kid was Chris Lowe. Fur. Fur. F-U-R-R-H. And, and it was mo- it was in a modern reboot of it? Re- no, it, no was it was just a, a straight movie. retelling. It was period, it was so they were Castle like Rock. little British kids on a fucking yep. plane ride or whatever. Yeah, it had. there was absolutely no audience for it, and it opened and closed in a week. I would imagine so. I don't even know. It, yeah, it, it but it has a really, really, really good score by Philippe Sardet. And if you watch the trailer on YouTube, you will hear the main, the great main cue, which has a boy choral part in it um, when they're all... Going, uh, Lord of the, they're all doing their Lord of the Flies dance around the fire. And, uh, you will hear how good that score is. It's a really good score. You can't play it on Piggy is played by, um, it's probably would take too long. Well, here's, here's a shock. Ready? Hit me. Piggy was this kid, Danuel Peopley. I guess he's French. D-A-N-U-E-L-P-I-P-O-L-Y. He was in exactly five... He has exactly five credits. The first one is something called Downtown in 1990. Lord of the Flies is also in 1990. And then he's in The Giant of Thunder Mountain, whatever the hell that is. It's got to be a foreign film. He was in one episode of The Turkelsons. (laughs) What are The Turkelsons? A TV series in 91. Uh, And then in 95, he had his last role as kid number three in the unfairly maligned sequel, Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. Do you know what I recently found out about Three Ninjas? Um, I think it might be. That's the third one, I think, Knuckle Up. The second one is Kick Back. (laughs) Again, I I saw these movies. But I was just watching a documentary on Vietnamese dissidents. Uh, not what? Vietnamese, Korean dissidents. And the guy who directed and wrote Three Ninjas 2 is a North Korean dissident. <coughs> what? Who like, tr- he was the guy that Kim Jong-il kidnapped from South Korea and forced him to make all those movies. I read a whole article about it. Kim Jong-il kidnapped a famous filmmaker and his wife, a filmmaking team of an actress and a director, and kept them sequestered in North Korea for like 15 years and made them bust out like 10 feature films. And then he escaped at the Venice Film Festival and he came to America to make Three Ninjas Tip. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like the most epic story, and then you get to, like, Three Ninjas Part Two. Oh, that's and horrible. Which, uh, which act of his career do you think that he he prefers? 
The, the Kim Jong-il forced films? The Kim Jong-il or, years. Or, 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 or the or, Three Ninja years. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's a tough Putting out one. a box set of those anytime soon? Three Ninjas? The three Ninja movies. I'm, oh, the Kim Jong-il series. I'm, I'm holding out for Surf Ninjas still. Surf Ninjas is amazing. I don't know if you know it. No. Oh, it was the best. It was... um. You're just teetering with being fired from the show, Matt Cohen. Robin Yo. I don't know if you know who that is. He played like... No. Uh, he was the lead in Mortal Kombat. Okay. Asian actor. Rob Schneider in one of his first films and a little kid. And basically, they were surf ninjas. They were surfers and then they all got powers and then they had to fight Leslie Nielsen who lived on like a, uh, island fortress and it was like an Asian Fu Manchu bad guy. You're not making this up. Are no. You? And Rob, Sch- <laughs> Adam one is the, rubbing his face vigorously. One of the powers was the main kid could to make kick. It not so. He could kick really well. Like he got like an iron leg and he became like the fighter. The little kid got a Game Boy that could predict the future. And Rob Schneider's power was whatever he thought happened. But at one point he goes, what if I lose my power? And then he lost it. It was Shakespearean. <laughs> Check out Surf Ninjas, Get folks. another bottle. Get another Check out, bottle. That's, my, that's my recommendation for the day. Check out Do you Surf, want another bottle? Yes. Surf yeah, Ninjas. All right. We're Goodbye, Art Beg friend. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, the liquor cabinet, and we'll see what I come up with. Well, that, Adam, now that you learned at the top of the show, you ready? Uh-huh. Vamp. We're vamping. Well, Vamp. no, I was just going to say, I have to admit, despite the fact that I'm shocked that we're talking about this, I did see the first Three Ninjas, three ninjas movie. Rocky loves Emily too. Rocky loves. That was a weird period of ninja movies. There was the uh, sidekicks, the Chuck Norris, Kung Fu. Yes, but then it was the kid angle. There was always a kid angle. It was it was the Karate Kid kind of thing. There was the Karate Kid three with Hilary Swank, I believe. These were all within a few years of each other. What was the one with? uh, There was the kid thing with the Burt Reynolds movie. He played a. Cop and a half? Cop and a half, yep. Cop and a half is classic. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> cop and a half. Whatever happened to end a half, right? Because <laughs> we know where Burt Reynolds is these days, but like end a half doesn't get enough work. No. Burt Reynolds is writing little notes to actors like Tim Curry after he uh, watches him in a performance of Spamalot. Really? And that's as far as I'm going with that anecdote. Ooh, but Burt Reynolds is record. writing little notes. With Tim Curry in a performance. Oh, Tim Curry. I thought, meant, I, know, I thought you meant Tim Roth, and I was like, oh, no. no, no. no. Who? Just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's New guest star, The Balvenie. B-A-L-V-E-N-I-E. Where's it's from, from Scotland. Now? It's Peated Cask. P-E-A-T-E-D. Sweet Spice and Smoke. Grown in the deepest forests of the Dundershire, <laughs> blessed upon by a wizard, a druid, and three pagans. What? This this peat aged Scottish double blend malt will uh, get you drunk on a podcast. Thank thank God you're not doing two today, dude. Last time last time we in, they, they indulged. <laughs> we did a double yeah. show. <laughs> thank you. for surf ninjas, you guys. Pour one out. Oh, that's good. Pour one out. No, leave the bottle. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know what's interesting? In in talking in terms of never seeing Hughes movies, I just realized I've never seen The Karate Kid, and though that's a weird non sequitur. The original? The original. I've never seen it. With Ralph Macchio. Edgar Wright just did a film run at the New Bev. It was basically movies he's never seen that he knows he should have. What do you guys have like that? Because I have tons of movies. (laughs) Like I know I should have seen The Karate Kid by now, and I just never have, either out of stubbornness or, or... 
You know what I mean? Whoa. I've never um, seen Streets of Fire. Wow. Oh. People keep wow. telling me about that. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, what? Are, seen, I saw that in the theater. Tonight is what it means to be young, Matt Cohen. What are the Tonight big ones? Tonight is what it means to be young. <laughs> what are the big ones in your life that you've never seen and you know that you would probably enjoy, either enjoy or should see for a cultural I think your list is bigger appreciation. than mine. You know why people keep tuning in week after week to Team Jack? I'll tell you why. The honesty. The relentless honesty. Oh, God. So here... Here it goes, even though I know I will disenfranchise countless listeners. I'll be completely uh, forthright in the hopes that somewhere out there, this will help to make someone who is similarly, shall we say, behind in their movie going, <laughs> feel a little bit better. Because if I don't have to watch these movies to get where I've gotten to, such as that is... <laughs> You don't have to watch That's them either. That's another story in its own, too. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah, hit us. Yeah. But here's the thing. If I, had to, if I had to program this festival at the New Bev, it would be, I would call it... Movie, movies that I should have seen by now. And I'm still not going to watch them at this festival. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit us with the list. All right, ready? Taxi Driver. Wow. Raging yeah. Bull. Wow. You already beat me. <laughs> mean Streets. You already beat me. I'm just on Scorsese at this point. Um, you, you might want to take your headphones off. <laughs> this is going to be embarrassing. Not- Sophie's Choice. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen Sophie's Choice. I make a billion jokes You're about Jewish. it. Yeah, I, I saw Schindler's List once because they made me in school. They for, they used to take That's me entire right. school and make you watch Schindler's List in the That's auditorium. Right. Yeah, it was kind of rough. Um, it was also kind of like the film in a way. They came to our classes and rounded us up and then brought us to a central room and they were like, watch this in the dark and no one can leave. <laughs> Will you have Mixed to edit messages. that out of this podcast? No, <laughs> hell no. There's no editing. Um... So, none of the Scorsese's really. None of that early Scorsese stuff I could care less. Okay. I just, no, I couldn't care less to be, to be precise. I, and I still don't care. No, um, even the, uh, what's the weird one I don't where care. it's the dude walking around like fucking downtown Soho or like after hours? I don't care. That's a Scorsese movie? That is a Scorsese that's movie a after great, hours. That's a Griffin Dunn. That's Griffin Dunn. That's a great, great movie. movie. Yeah. That's a care. great movie. I don't care. What All about right. Explorers? What? What about explorers? I don't know what that is. Joe well, Johnson see. Movie. All right, so we're back. We're back and forth. I've on got this. explorers covered. You've got taxi driver covered. <laughs> if I have a question, Here's I'll just ring you up this. and we'll talk taxi driver. He hasn't seen the Dark Knight. That's true. I've not seen the Dark Knight. Why? See, the, <sighs> taxi, the early stuff I can get because back in the day, if you didn't see it in theaters or didn't have an older brother or didn't have someone to show it to you, there was really yeah. no way of it permeating. But like Dark Knight is pretty big. You know what it is? It's like it comes out all around town. You just hear the sound. It sounds like fish being thrown on a on the middle of a street. And and it's I get the that. sound of people's knees hitting the sidewalk as they drop and blow. I totally get that. That I, movie. I didn't see Avatar for a year and a half after it came out because yeah. I was a hater. I, it was the same way that in a lot of these films, I'm sure it's not just out of sheer like, oh, I never had the time. We have a weird thing against them that we can't put our finger on. Yeah, it's just like it's it's just like too much canonization too soon. And I resent it. But more more than that, it's like um, I felt like I needed to watch Batman Begins again and flow right into Dark Knight. 
And I just never got around to doing that little <laughs> festival. And he never will. Well, no, because this summer I have, unlike so many of us in life, I have one chance left to get it right. I okay, can watch them wanna, both. You know you want to jump on board before people start and doing the Bane voices. go see the Dark Knight whatever. What's it called? Dark Knight Dies. Rises. Bane voice is going to take off at every water cooler around the country. You're going to be so left out, Jack. You're going to go to 7-Eleven well, and try to get some milk. So here we and, find ourselves again and, after last week's episode, after episode 11, when we wrapped. Only then did we start talking about that Dark Knight trailer. Have you seen it yet? I have seen it. Am I right about a lot of it? Um, I didn't have the issue with the Bane voice that you did, but I would like you to I like the voice. I thought it was regurgitate good. that material for the purposes of this podcast, it's, Matt, it, since I, you are a co-host. And I don't remember the specifics of it, but it's just very, Hello, Batman. I'm an old, a feet British man speaking through a mask. It's <laughs> exactly. the weirdest line delivery of all time. <laughs> it's, it's just he's an old man when Gotham is at ashes you will rise and it's very like questioning it's a bit yoda in there it's just fucking bizarre like but why? he's not that old this is line why is he british why is he british why is he old why because chris nolan is british number one no he's not he's from fucking Tom chicago british. really have you ever heard Booker, have you ever heard his brother talk is he british like madonna is british yes have you ever heard his brother well, they grew up in england however if you've ever heard is it jonathan nolan yeah chicago accent Really, and they're like a couple years apart. So you're like, oh, oh one of them is pretentious really? in this situation. He also cuts hand. He still cuts fucking hand. To, uh, he still edits his films by hand, reel to reel, like scissors whatever. and tape and shit. Yeah, whatever. That that just strikes me. Like I'm Even a Nolan. Mr. Spielberg has switched to the avid. I'm a Nolan fan, but at a certain point, it, there is a such thing as pretension. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um. It's just, I don't, this is supposed to be like the most, how do you top fucking Heath Ledger who you haven't, you don't know what is arguably one of the greatest villains in film, in recent film history, uh-huh. with just a dude in a fucking winter coat going like, hello. Well, not only does he have, you see, not only is he wearing a winter coat, but he also has like a radiator on his face. Yeah, it's, it's because, do you want to know the Bane mythology? Well, do we know that the Bane mythology is, yes. is, is what's being depicted yes, in the movie? Yes, because if you watch the prologue to the film, which is very cheesy, like that's the thing people forget about Dark Knight and Batman Begins because of Ledger and, and how it made a billion dollars. Uh-huh. But the writing in these films are not, it's not always awesome. It's, there's a lot who's of like. The sc- who's the main screenwriter? Jonathan Nolan. Who's the other one? Goyer. Christopher that's Nolan. right. And that's why. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, hey, I love Blade 2. Blade 2. Um, that a lot of the, that whole um, you know what's different between me and you? I'm not wearing hockey pads. That seems to be back. There's an there's an exchange in the prologue where this FBI agent has Bane like tied up in an airplane, mm-hmm. and he goes, "If I took that mask off of you, you die, huh?" And Bane goes, "It wouldn't be pleasant." And the guy goes, "You're a big guy. You can handle it." Bane goes, "Not for me." It's just like fucking. This is supposed to be the most like grittiest. It's just fucking cheese. And then, 
it, it's just a lot of that. And and the reason he wears the mask, and because now we know because they asked about it, is he's a drug addict. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to, in the comics, there was something called Venom. I don't know if they'll use the same thing, but basically... Probably not. That sounds a little Marvel to me. That mask pumps in the drug into his bloodstream so isn't he can it, survive. Is it, It's a, a painkiller, right? Yeah, it's like... It, yes, because of, okay. because of the the original thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not like an epic bad guy to go Let's out Let's just on. get right to the end. We believe that by the end of this movie... I know Batman what the, I know what dead. this movie is. Batman will be dead. Well, are you a Batman fan, Adam? Yeah, I enjoy uh, those movies. Oh, do you th- do you want to know what's going to happen at the end of do this? Movie? I kind of can tell because they've already announced they're not doing any more. Well, spo- spoiler alert! It says, uh, it spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Marion Cotillard is in the trailer for the new film. She plays a character named Talia Al Ghul. She's Tal- actually doing the number that she did in Nine as well. She looks like it. Talia Al Ghul is. What? Is Ra's al Ghul's daughter, right. Liam Neeson. Right. Now, in the comic books, Ra's al Ghul is 800 years old because he has access to something called a Lazarus pit. It's literally a pool of water in a cave, and if you go into it dead, you can come out alive. In the comic books, Batman has sex with Talia. Like, they have a child together, and the most, one of the best comic fucking panels of all time, it's three panels, it's Batman in bed with a woman having sex, no shirt on, no pants on, rocking the fucking cowl. Because he couldn't well, give up his identity, so no, of course not. Um, nice. Too bad about that one bump that he's got on his. Uh, <laughs> so it's like they, t- they basically they basically were like, all right, this movie has two characters in them, and these characters have served one purpose in the history of the comic book. Bane broke Batman's back and took him out of commission for a long time, mm-hmm. and Talia and Raish are this whole Lazarus Pit thing. So honestly, what I I can't see it being any other any other way. Bane is gonna bake Batman's back, kill him. That's why he has the mask in the trailer. Batman goes into the Lazarus pit, comes back alive, kills Bane, movie's over. But I don't I think we were, Batman. I thought we were getting rid of Christian Bale by the end of the movie. No, 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 no. He will die, but he will come back to life. He hmm. will not be dead at the end of this film. Batman will be alive. Like you can't kill Batman. Hmm. Even even in Nolan's fucking gritty reboot. world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Insert new actor for the reboot. Well, the reboot will yeah, be but, a fr- it'll be a fresh reboot. It won't yeah. be this gritty. It'll be fucking the Mark Webb uh, route where it's like f- five hundred days of summer with superpowers or whatever this new Spider-Man looks like. Oh God! The new Spider-Man though, when you look at the teaser poster, it looks they're they're mining the dark or the uh, Did Batman you see the trailer? thing too. Uh, nope. Oh man, um, it's very very uh dark and like brooding and like Peter Parker's a tortured soul. That's my point. It's like. It's but, Batman Begins. Yeah, but it's but that works for Batman because Bruce Wayne and Batman are is is just brooding and an asshole. Peter yeah. Parker's like a wise cracking seventeen year old like geek in this movie. Yeah, but look at all the money that uh, the Bat- the Chris Nolan trilogy made. That's what that. But we that, want some of that. As a purist, it bothers me that like yeah, they're trying to make Spider Man in the Dark Knight universe, they're but Spider Man does the Marvel not universe. belong in that universe. Yeah, you know. Do you have your own podcast? I dive two yes, of them. Yes, Academy is two. Why? <laughs> I was just going to say. I'm, I'm One of them is called Bagged and Boarded. What's it about? Not, not comics. Not, not comics. Believe Sometimes it or not. comics. What? The world that was sprung by comics. Right. Whatever that means. But. Yeah, I mean... Uh, well, it all ties, it all ties in together. All the geek, for me personally, my first foray into the whole geek world before I got into films, before I got into really horror literature, fan, was, was comic books. So that, right. to me, it all comes back to comics. Right. Um, but the Spider-Man does not, that's not doing it for me. No. Uh, I'm very, there's not many superhero franchises I'm psyched on these days. I'm not psyched for Snyder's Superman. No. Cause I saw Sucker Punch. 
Well, the uh, costume. The costume. Uh, did you guys see? But it's. I like Watchmen a lot, and but even as a raving Watchmen fan, I can remove Snyder from it and go, he's an art director and he did a really good job, but it's not a real movie. So he's 0 for fucking 4, in my what opinion. What about 300? I hate it. I like Dawn of the really? Dead, but I loathe 300. Really? I saw it once in theaters on opening night. I'll never see it again. It's a you fucking. You can add that to my list of it's movies a I've never seen. Golden Mask music video. Wow. Here's the here's the twilight moment of this podcast. Episode 12, twilight moment. When we flew over to London for the London Twilight premiere, or the London premiere of Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1, Boo Boo Stewart was right across from me in his own little pod, and he was watching 300. Who's Boo Boo Stewart? Boo Boo Stewart. He's, He's Seth, Seth Clearwater. Clearwater. In, the, in the Twilight films? Yeah, Matt. Oh, okay. I'm not up on them as much as others might be. And thus concludes the Twilight <laughs> moment for episode 12. <laughs> um, well, Seth Clearwater's watch of 300. We all got to now. Well, we have well, to talk about that Ian McKellen package from Seth. Oh, yeah, we do. Um, well, how about that Hobbit trailer? We could talk about that. I liked it. Did you? I did. Why? I'll tell you why. I should not have started drinking at the top of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you actually watched it. Yeah. You and I'll tell you why I liked it. I'll tell you why I liked it. Two reasons. Ready? Number one, Ian McKellen rocks and owns that trailer. I mean, He yeah, rocks it and he owns it. It's one of the best Number two, characters Let's get off the Greg. Number yeah. two, he sleeps in this house when he comes through Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I be, so yeah. awesome to watch Ian McKellen rocking Gandalf and go like, <clears throat> we know him. <laughs> Can I be a dick because I've never met him? Yeah, and he's I, awesome. Because I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. He is awesome. I was I'll get un- you anything signed next time he comes through town. Hey, thanks, man. I was underwhelmed by the trailer, to tell you the truth. Well, that's okay. And, I was, and I'm still I, extremely excited. Lincoln, I'm not. still extremely Adam, ex- you didn't like it either? I'm still extremely excited for the movie, but it was a weird trailer. It seemed so small in scale, and there was no score in a lot of parts, and it got weirdly silent, and it was the Hobbit song, and I was mm-hmm. like, it's not a good way to sell that movie, I don't think. They I, don't show I smog. They don't, I mean. But here's the thing. As we record this now, it's December 2011. We'll get another trailer. Uh, <laughs> we'll get a few. You're more. gonna get about eleven. We're gonna more get a blue, we're gonna get a Blu-ray production and diary the before it comes gonna out. Be in them. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. And it's gonna me. be Benedict. Oh, by the way, again, it's like the thing we don't know about Hobbit Part One and Part Two, or as we should start referring to it, The Hobbit: An yeah. Unexpected Unspl- Journey, uh, is where they're gonna split it. And by the way, whether or not the dragon is gonna be in. Oh, quote one. part one unquote. I, I, I don't think maybe it won't to. be just Bjorn. although I think in order to establish the threat of the dragon and we're going over to yonder mountain to get that thing from the dragon we're going to have to show the dragon doing what dragons do so I'm sure he will be in part one well, also, but they've got a whole year to sell that dragon the dude. Smeagol thing is a bit of a tease too because that why the way they end the trailer because you're like oh my god Smeagol's back he's going to be in that film for less than 30 seconds I think no, I think he's going to be in that film for a good long time. Really? Well, hello. Bilbo pops have in the you cave. not? I <laughs> have you not read The Hobbit? Yeah, Bilbo just pops in the cave, grabs the ring, and by himself and leaves. Like, I haven't read it. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but I watched the. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But like, I watched the judgment over there. But I watched the Rankin Bass cartoon version on television in the 70s, or as the Hildebrandt brothers or Greg Hildebrandt specifically used to refer to it, Rank and Bass. <laughs> 
Um, and Gollum have, is in it more than that. I think they fleshed that one out too a little bit. You know what oh, I mean? Maybe we'll, so. We'll see what they do. Well, believe me, they're going to be doing I mean, some if fleshing. They're if they're getting two movies, movies out of The yeah. Hobbit, they're going to be doing some fleshing. Yeah. That, I'm feeling good. What's up? That what? makes me a little nervous too, the two movie thing. I think it looks cool though. The, the, um, the, the one thing that really gets me fucking juiced is there's a shot, there's a wide shot in the trailer of all the dwarves like running into battle. Uh huh. Because when they're in Bilbo's house, you can't really tell from perspective. Right. And you're like, wow, that dude looks like six feet tall. How is he a dwarf? But they're not. They're in a, and what do they battle in the Hobbit, Hobbit house? What do they battle? The trolls that turn from stone. The, the, okay. The, those trolls that they turn into stone. Okay. And I think, and then smog. That's pretty much it. Huh. There's that guy Bjorn, who's like a bear guy, but he's not really a bad guy. It's a really small. Did you notice story. the the uh, tender moment between With Galadriel Gandalf and, and Galadriel? Uh-huh. What the fuck was that? Well, let's just say there's more where that came from. That as a Hobbit purist, there's I was like, more where that. Didn't came they from. allude to that in? The Lord it, of the Rings that they have a little history that they together. Had a history together, right? It, they have a history together because they're both like fucking hundreds of years old, but they've never fucked. Like that's well, that's something. <laughs> they thr- that, well, that was Arwen and Aragorn is completely made up for the films too. Is that true? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Wow. They really? Arwen's in the in the books for like ten pages. That's Baron and Luthien's story, which is an appendix from the back. They just cr- grabbed shit from the uh, from the appendices. That's why I asked if he had a podcast. That's going. Going and going. Yeah, Arwen and Aragorn is the story of Baron and Luthien, a human and an elf that fell in love. But it took place like 300 years before our shit went down. So that was... They cut a lot of shit. That was Peter and Fran and Philippa Boyens. Exactly. Uh, Which wasn't bad. Making mud pies. But they added a love story to the Lord of the Rings, which it never had. There is no love story. There's no romance. That's why the Galadriel-Gandalf thing was like... Did she just stroke his fucking cheek? She sure did. <laughs> She's the fucking queen of elves. She sure did. Like, and wait till the... her hand drops out of frame. What's up? Uh, um, what? You shall not pass. Let's just say where where J.R.R. Tolkien is concerned, Peter Jackson and and Team Jackson have. Uh, oh, they're the keepers of the. However, after they seeing have the this, benefit of the doubt. After seeing this trailer, I was like, "My God, I would give anything to see what the Guillermo del Toro trailer would have looked like." Because hmm. it would have been Guillermo well, Navarro shooting it, like it would have been like. But instead, you have Guillermo Navarro shooting Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part One and totally, Two, totally, which is a good. And you'll never get to see that uh, del Toro trailer, so I know. just get over it. I know. No, I think it's better that Jackson is at the helm. I like honestly. I just like the fact that Jackson is. Yeah. There's continuity to it. It's just continuity. It it's the, the continuity that I want as a fanboy. It feels the I just same. Want this, I want the same. Here comes a LAPD helicopter flying toward the house. Ghetto birds on its way. Flashing its one headlight. A lot of tra- a lot of trailers dropped. Fuck? Oh, Prometheus trailer. Ooh. Thoughts, gentlemen? Hey, I, I don't know that I need five. I don't know that I need it. five trailers well, to get me unlike, to the trailer. Unlike the Hobbit or the Dark Knight, we should explain to the uninitiated because we do have a uh, Prometheus. Prometheus is the. Prequel. Prequel to 1979's Alien, which is, which was directed by Ridley Scott, uh, the director of White Squall, and Prometheus as well. Uh, and Hannibal. Prometheus is likewise directed by Sir Ridley Scott, I believe. I think yeah, he's been knighted. Yes, yes. He has. Um, who is in his early 70s and is also responsible for, uh, such Films Gladiator, as uh, Blade Runner, Black Hawk Down, Gladiator, uh, yep. Hannibal, which I love. Yep, 
Robin Black Hood, Rain. Uh, um, uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Kingdom of Heaven, which is amazing. The director's cut. That's like three hours G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane, which isn't bad. 1492, Conquest of Paradise. I'm a big Ridley Scott fan. What's up? I'm a big, big Ridley Scott fan. He's um, like he's like nine for ten, in my opinion. So the, so we've just set it up perfectly. Thoughts? I love Alien, but it's too conf- it, it's so teasery, this trailer, that I uh-huh. really can't make heads of tails or what's going on. But again, on. it's December for a movie that's opening in June or July. Uh, I'm more psyched for this than I am John Carter. Well. No, no, no John Carter. John Carter is opening in the first quarter of 2012. Yeah. It will be closing. And it, I am that. <gasps> they waited 80 fucking years to make that movie. It's going to be gone just as quickly, man. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's going to be gone in 80 years. Change the font. Just do something. It looks so fucking like kids movie. It looks like Journey to the Center of the Earth Part 3 or whatever. The weird thing is, the thing about John Carter, and before I go on a tear... It's a bit like being at the shrink's office and saying, like, how much time do I have left? How much time do we have left? Like 15? 15 minutes before yeah. we get to an hour? Yeah. Here's oh, no, the interesting thing. Well, first of all, first of all, first Five before we get to an hour. We've been right. talking. Okay. So let's just, let's just sit here for a second because two out of three of us are liquored up and the other one is on crack. Prometheus. So what were your specific issues? Uh, I... I didn't see anything that would allude to his storyline, which would then get me excited because it would set up things in Alien. What about Why the so-called derelict spaceship? Well, I mean, except for except for that, obviously. What and about the so-called jockey? space jockey spinning up into position? It's He's lo- actually the seat is empty. Oh, really? The chair is turning the up. The chair into is position, spinning up, but there's, but no, there's jockey. no one in it. I would argue. You. I, I would did not ar- frame by frame that. Cause I would argue I that if you're if you're not a, a diehard and didn't frame by frame it, you would not know that this was a prequel to Alien. Well, that's yeah, no, but they're, no, they're going to have to no sell. They're going to have to sell. You there's see no the ship clearly. Are there going to be xenomorphs in this movie? I believe there will be, but not in the way that you're expecting them to be. Okay, so and the that's literally true. all I know. That is literally all I know. But you I believe there, there will be xenomorphs. You can't do xenomorphs again. You uh, can't. They are going to do xenomorphs no, no, again. No, I'm saying you can't have it be... You can't have it be an, a horror movie with aliens. I get that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. There's a, there's another alien race, I think, that's involved in this yeah. storyline. Yeah. But the aliens from Alien and the the sequels that go on to... Well, bear Predators, in mind that the aliens from Alien... can't do that The yet. alien from Alien, which then became the aliens from Aliens... Came from... Including the alien yes. queen, came from a human. body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came, was a an egg that went down the throat into uh, John Hurt's body. What was his name? Kane? Yeah. The astronaut yeah. working for the company. So that alien, that very first alien... Uh, emerges as a chestburster from a human host, and in that way, we don't know if they change what impact the yeah the what host, impact yeah. the host body or the host DNA has on the um interesting <clears throat> on the xenomorph. But egg. do we even know what they want or why they were there in the first place? Or that's the no. Whole... And I think unf- I think that, look, you're definitely going to be able to one argument that you're going to be able to make against this movie, no matter how you cut it, is I don't want a prequel to Alien. And you'll be able to make that argument. I don't, I'm not into that argument necessarily. I may be into that argument when I come out of the movie, but going into the movie, it's like, I don't want to know. I don't want the space jockey from the original alien explained to me. Right now, when you look at the space jockey in the original alien, like so much of H.R. Giger's work, which, you know, which uh, infuses that movie, 
Um, you don't know where the so-called space jockey starts or stops. Yeah. It's a, it's a alien creature that seems to sort of be fused to either a large gun, a large navigation array, a large telescope. You don't know. You have no idea. All you know it's is like that there's a hole system. in its chest and down inside that hole are a bunch of eggs with some oily mist and a laser. <laughs> Just <birthday. laughs> That's what you know, right? Yeah. So you could definitely make the argument. It's like, I don't want to know any more about that. I just want that to be the great sort of primordial swamp right. that and that what, plot what is rose sto- out of. What could the story of Prometheus be if that's not what it is? That is what it is. That's what I mean. It has to be. Believe that. me, well, if, you, if you're seeing the derelict spaceship, and we know this, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, there is more than one space jockey in this movie. We will actually see space jockeys presumably walking around, yeah, having a cigarette, happened. Uh, having a Gabbett craft service and do you want that? You know, and you could argue, you could definitely argue that Sir Ridley Scott should not have gone back to his, one of his original classic movies and made a prequel to that movie where again, a lot of sort of just the raw, the raw stuff that sort of generates the plot from that movie is now laid out on a, on a table, narratively speaking, and dissected. But the thing it has going for it, other than other prequels, <laughs> is you can't have any of the same cast. None of the same None of characters. None the same cast will be in there. Will, I really will doubt there it. be a Ripley reference I at really some doubt point? It. Will there be some no. young no. five-year-old girl? There will, be, Ellen, won't, well, there will probably be there. some reference to the company or Wayland Wayland no, Utah. There is definitely a reference to the company. Okay. Yes. I think it is That's the company, it. right? Yeah, like, I think yeah, they yeah. work for the same you company. Yes, they're going to be some little... He's in the Lucas position now with the prequels where you have to decide... Are we going to see the Millennium Falcon in a previous iteration or not? Are we going to see, we the, see the Nostromo? I mean, Nostromo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not. You don't think so? I, I know I doubt a little it. more. If, uh, do you want me to go yeah. into what it is or not? Well, but before you go into it, I'm sure every, all of our listeners would very much appreciate <laughs> you going into what you know. But are you allowed to, like, how did you, how did you learn what you know? Because you, uh, oh, you should not talking, betray a confidence yeah, probably, on this podcast. Yeah, we probably shouldn't. Okay. Never you could have just lied and be like, I'm guessing, but yeah, that's no. what I always do. When in it's doubt. better, honestly, it's better. Just, just yeah. again, it's like it's I'll December. We the movie's coming out in the broadcast. summer, and let's just leave some mystery swirling around this thing. Um, but we stopped Alien. We stopped to go back to Prometheus before we were surging forward into what other territory? Films, you st- we were still doing films. No, nope. there's something else. Prometheus. Uh, we went, we were on trailer, trailer talk. Yeah, John yeah. Carter of Mars. Oh, yeah, we were just Here's the weird thing about John Carter of Mars. And I feel like we've covered this in a previous podcast, but I don't know. I don't, maybe. The, th- the thing about John Carter of Mars is I think the, the thing that's particularly, what is the word for it? Despairing. Um, is that the movie business now, which is largely run by movie studios, you all know the names, that are all owned by multinational conglomerates, are hell-bent on developing movies. The term that is used on the inside of the business to refer to movies is product, and they are developing product that is based on previously existing material, a.k.a. brands, just like Tide Laundry Detergent, Irish Spring Soap, or Quaker Quaker Brand Instant Oatmeal, which I've been enjoying for the last two days. 
that variety of hint, hint, sponsor. board games. Um, board games, transform, uh, Transformers, Toy Lines, Battleship, the board game. Uh, they just pulled the plug, I think, on Monopoly. Monopoly. Rated the speaking of Ridley Scott. Yes. But, um, Slinky, the movie. That's the thing about right? John Slinky in development, yeah. Stretch Armstrong, starring Taylor Lautner. Rocket Shotgun Robot, every fucking board game is in development. Yeah. Shoots and Ladders, Candy Here's Land. the thing about John Candy Carter Land Mars. The too. reason John Carter of Mars got made largely was because at, at one moment in time, it was a kind of important work that is chiefly responsible in our culture for being one of many things, including the Hidden Fortress. That led to Star Wars. That led, that Mr. Lucas used as his, and a, uh, a tiny little book by Joseph, tiny little book his, by, by Joseph Campbell too. Yeah. <laughs> but it, does it follow now that we're so desperate for movies based on previously existing properties that we're going to go back? The fucking forties? Like why not Doc Savage? Why That's not uh, the Shadow? Why who's not the um, who's the other? They did John the Carter shadow, Mars was created by them. Edgar Rice Burroughs, right? Yes, yeah. Tarzan. Tarzan, Tarzan yes. but there was another one. There was that vampire hunter guy, uh, Van Helsing, with the, with the pilgrim hat. Van Helsing, no, but Van Helsing looks very similar to him. I don't like. Know. Why not go back and do that guy? Adam, remember when we worked yeah. at Creature Features and there was a bronze statue of this character? Yep. Um... With like a dead vampire at his feet, and he had like uh, stakes in his hands or whatever. Shit. I don't what know the that? name. I don't know. Hang on. We're at a point where it's either got to be a pre-existing property, or it's got to be a movie based on a pre-existing person, or a television show that anything you... previously existing, and yet week after week these things are going down at totally. the box office. And when I think of the movies I'm excited for coming out in the next year, none of them are 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 adaptions of properties. Like honestly, I, what I want to see the Gray, which looks fucking amazing. Great trailer. That's uh-huh. just when Liam Neeson fighting wolves with glass on his hands. Like I'm excited <laughs> for that. Right. Um. There's a, there's like a bunch of documentaries coming. None of the, none of the things on my radar are, are like these giant tent pole. Like I couldn't give a shit about that. But that is your radar, Matt. Totally. Carl, because not one person listening to this podcast is excited about a bunch of documentaries. There's one called like, uh, Shinichiro <laughs> Loves Sushi or Dreams oh of Sushi. It sounds so Oh no, good. I saw that trailer. It looks amazing, that right? Looks it sounds about so the old guy good. Old guy that in the is, subway station is the, like, greatest the world's greatest sushi, sushi chef. chef. Yes. And it looks like it's just an HD food porn doc. It's just like <laughs> glorious shots of like fish. I don't even eat sushi and I was like, I want to see that now. Where um, is this? One of wow. the Dead looks fucking awesome. That's the, the like Cuban the, zombie the Cuban version thing. of Shaun of the Dead. But it has nothing to do... I, I've read reviews that are like... It, it does itself a disservice by calling itself Shaun of the Dead because of all the comparisons that are going to be made. But it's more of like a, a weird political comedy satire. Like, n- you know, nothing huh. to do with Shaun of the Dead. Just Yeah, it looks... I saw the trailer last night. saw the trailer, yeah. looks awesome. Um, like, what are the big fucking giant movies coming out this year? Battleship. Oh, who, I don't know. No interest. No interest. Um, G.I. Joe 2, I now have no interest. That, that trailer is very telling, though. I a love lot the of fact people that are really into that trailer. They tell you exactly what you're getting. Totally. And but people are into it, aren't they? Because they like Bruce Willis. The reaction the seems to have been really, really good. It was amazing. But what about the original cast that get killed I love off the, in the see, first thank you. sequence of There's the trailer? There's 10 fucking cast members that are in the movie. They're not even in the first sequence. Channing Tatum makes it into the first sequence and you never see him again. But everyone else well, is doesn't not, he go down on the plane crash yes. to talk about? Everyone else is not in the movie at all. Uh, right. Adewale, Rachel Griffith, Adamame, what? Adewale, Ajnuye, Akambaye. What? 
I don't know. Ec- Mr. Echo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Adebisi from Oz. That giant okay. African-American gentleman who's right, right, in right. films from time to time. Right. His name is Adewale Ajbaye Akanuye. Right. Um, That's a mouthful. Marlon Wayans got cut. Yeah. He, he dies in the plane crash, too. I don't even think they're in the film, I think though. they say they're all there. Oh, they, they like say, like, these guys were on a plane crash, they're but you all, don't see them. Exactly. And then you have Rock... The and then all of a sudden, the Rock and Bruce Willis are in the left. movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it was like well, if the Rock was a part of GI Joe, why didn't you show him in the first one? That would have been fun. Like all of a sudden, there are these new fucking. What would be hilarious is in the middle of that trailer, if you literally went into Brad Gray's office at Paramount and literally just cut to a close up of his finger flipping up like the clear uh, box covering the, the reboot, red reboot yeah. button. And just his finger but going down. But a reboot down on the after reboot a moderately successful film that came out less than two years ago. This last year, being made for much less money, I believe. I think so too. Yeah. Um, the only uh, the only actors from the original cast are Channing Tatum and but he's in it for like and Jonathan nothing. and Jonathan Price and Jonathan Frid. Who's that? Just kidding. Oh, Jonathan Somebody Price and Ray, Ray Park and the Asian gentleman Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes. I didn't know you said Star Frakes. Trek. I know Fr- fucking Riker. Come on, he's man. in it. No, Jonathan Price, oh, Jonathan the guy from Price. Brazil, the president. The guy, okay. He's Zartan. Got it. But the problem is now it's Zartan as the president with no Cobra Commander or Destro. So who is he fucking answering to? Like it makes no sense. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's gone. Christopher Eccleston's gone. Well, they just have to have a character wear that mask that Joseph Gordon-Levitt had. I guess right. Uh, he won't do it again. Um, um, Sienna Miller got sent home. They. It was. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. In, in a sequel that came out a year ago, they dumped 98% of the cast, and it was an ensemble. There were like 14 people who got fired. Um, Adam, how's your glass? I still have some. I'm, I want to get rid of this bottle. We only have like a, nothing left in this bottle. I want to oh get rid God. of it. Are you gonna, are you gonna have some? Kill more? it. Uh, if you're gonna, yeah, I'll have more, but Kill I'm it. gonna have to stick around for a little while. Yeah, we're almost, we're almost to the That's end of the show we're here. just gonna bomb yeah, down. Yeah. Guess where we're going tonight, Matt Cohen? Hanukkah are dinner. Are you going to a Hanukkah dinner? Yeah. Is that a thing? It's a whole thing. I didn't even know. I don't even watch My Friends or Seinfeld and I can make that reference. Friends is, is not, there no, there's not a Jew on Friends, is there? Um, no. what about what's his face? I mean, in real life, yeah, Schwimmer's Jewish, but the characters, I don't, I don't think, think they were. I don't think there's a single Jewish character on that show. Hey, coming back around to John Carter of Mars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, brands, movies based on what we have to refer to now as entirely questionable brands because the, the, Massive demographic well, that ever would have been into them are now it. in Green nursing Hornet. homes. Green Hornet's an amazing Green example Hornet, of that. Green Hornet, Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, and totally. the Vampire Hunter. I was thinking about Adam Cook, not written a character not created by Edgar Rice Burroughs, but instead created by Robert E. Howard is Solomon Kane. Solomon Kane is a vampire hunter. Yeah, yeah he's a vampire hunter. Really? Remember that? Yeah. Post? And I, yeah, you're right. I'm confusing him with Alan Quartermain. I believe Alan yeah. Quartermain in the Whatever it the minds of made. fucking the minds of uh, what is it? Oh God, I read it too. It's it's one of those like kings starring King Richard Solomon. Chamberlain. King Solomon. King Solomon. That's why minds. I confused it. it. And by Solomon, the way, yeah. Solomon Kane. That's exactly was right. Made it's a movie last year. Richard Chamberlain movie and Sharon in Stone. Two thousand nine. Yeah, I saw the trailer. Starring for it. James Purefoy. It looked terrible. Is that how you pronounce his last yeah. name? Max von Sydow and Rachel Hurd Wood, who was Wendy in PJ Hogan's Peter Pan. I saw the trailer for that. 
Um, here's what I'm most excited for in 2012. A bunch can, of documentaries. You can laugh all you want. No, the opposite of that. Motherfucking Expendables 2. Um, you know good. what? Chuck I, I'm Norris, looking forward to the second one. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Thor is in the fucking movie. Chris Hemsworth. Yep. Uh-huh. It's a good cast, man. And then the other one is the Abel Ferrara Stallone bullet to the brain or whatever. That sounds awesome, too. Like, Abel Ferrara is doing a Stallone movie. Is that Walter Hill? It's, oh, no, excuse me. Walter Hill, not Abel Walter Ferrara. Hill, Walter, yeah. Fer- Walter Hill, which is fucking... Walter movie. Hill's directed a movie? Yeah, which yeah. is so best with Stallone and, like, another big actor. I can't remember who, but, like... Here's hoping. Sounds cool, man. I hope it's... I hope it turns out well. Uh, Ghost Rider 2, kind of scared about. Because of the... Dude. We'll, we'll run through the list real quick. Trailer. I love Neville Dean Taylor, <laughs> though. Have you seen that trailer? I even like Gamer. Like, I'm a whore for those two fucking idiots who throw the cameras down on the ground and shit. However, mm. I've not heard good things out of uh, But Numathon. That's where all these things... Yeah. Cabin in the Woods, supposedly incredible. Is what wow, that trailer... Saying. Was kind of weird, shocking. Weird trailer. Weird. weird trailer. Goes to places like you didn't think. Force fields and shit. Yeah. yeah. And um, werewolves and developed, like. Not developed so much, I don't think, but uh, financed by MGM and then sold to Lionsgate. Part of that red Which dog. in and of itself, within two weeks or so, maybe Summit. They got part of that deal, but there's a few movies that never got bought up. I don't think Red Dawn has distribution yet. No. Uh, wow. Last I heard, they'd had a uh, test screening of it. That went really, really well with the with the Korean now as opposed to Chinese. Yes, that's okay. correct. And they were, um, the guys who are running MGM now were thinking about actually um, spending a little money and taking it out themselves because the the um, test screening went so well. Be a good idea. So we'll see. I, I mean, Red Dawn is another. It's it's not a brand. No. You but can say it's a brand. Oh, it was a movie. But it, it's like in the 80s, it was a movie that got to second How many base. Red Dawn it was t-shirts? not a hit. How many Red Dawn t-shirts do they sell at fucking Target? Zero. You know what I mean? There's, Zero. They should sell a Wolverine shirt. but like, Zero. They, yeah, that's what I mean. Goonies, Ghostbusters. Even in even in that movie. Those things are still in stores. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. Those well, are brands. Hello, Ghostbusters was in theaters like two months ago. All through October. Yeah, like Ghostbusters really? was back in theaters. I, didn't I do know not know why. That's awesome. I saw a poster for it out at the Simi Valley Regal 16. Oh, shit. Yeah, and they had Ghostbusters in limited release this October. Wow. Were they putting a finger in the water to try and determine, you know, how nice. enduring it is before they figure out whether or not they're going to spend? I think it's pretty fucking enduring. No. XX. You think the studio has to do any math on Ghostbusters? But you and I both know. If they get it wrong, they're fucked. And you don't like the trailer, oh, then can, the movie goes can you down imagine hard. It? I just you just made me fucking disgusted. I just thought of like, what if Ghostbusters three does come out and the trailer comes out and I don't like it? Yeah, it's, then it's, it's over. It's, then oh, then what's it just like, Matt Cohen? What's it just like? What? Starts with M, ends with S, with U P P E T in the middle of it. Oh yeah. For you, it will be. Yeah. They've taken something I love from childhood. It's not right in yeah. whatever way that it isn't right, and you'll hate it. I just feel like could it go? I love Ghostbusters too, so I'm already pretty fucking skewed on my. You're. It's already clear. It, it's clear from that statement that your drug abuse probably started at a very young <laughs> totally. age. Totally. Or my ghost. That movie can't abuse. hold a candle to the original. Oh no, of course it can't. But I still love it. Oh, like more I love than the most beat where the films. Titanic finally makes it to New York. That's <laughs> that is, about that it. That is actually awesome. That's uh, about it. Come on, oh. she's a, she's a, what, what does he say about the Statue of Liberty? 
I don't know. She's from the wall. She's a Jersey girl. No, she's not a Jersey girl. Uh, oh, fuck. I'll never remember. <laughs> it just wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. Come on. You didn't like Vigo? And the painting? No. And, and the ugliest baby I in I saw cinema it once history? and I don't remember it. For all Ghostbusters All I remember is the Titanic coming in. Ghostbusters 2 How many fans? are listening in? Hear Thanks, me out on this. Oscar is the ugliest baby in cinema history. Go back and look. They just cast an ugly fucking baby. <laughs> Not cute, like really, like kind of chubby, but not in a cute baby way. Right, like, odd-looking baby, weird hair. Weird. Yeah, you'd I'm not think, doing that. You'd think they go baby casting, I'm but not doing like, that. you're not going to go back. No, I'll add that to my festival at the New Beverly of movies that I'm. You already I, saw it, though. You can't. You can't have it there. I can have it as an afterthought. Keep in mind, I'm, I'm the, still not going to watch I'm it. The, I also grew up in the generation of sequels, so like I saw Ghostbusters 2 before I saw Ghostbusters 1. I saw Beverly Hills Cop 3 before Stop. I saw Beverly Hills Cop. Stop. I saw Die Hard so with a Vengeance before I saw Die Hard. I saw you most, saw Phantom Menace before you saw A New Hope. That's not true. But most, most, <laughs> and because of that... What's your the, relationship to Star Trek? Uh, none up until the JJ, JJ track. And then I, wow. then it was fresh for you. Then TOS, but can't fuck with anything past that. Right, right, right. Got it. I, I, yeah. I like it when it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. I like, I've tried next gen. I saw generations in theaters when I was a kid, I think. Oof. Was that the one with Malcolm McDowell? Yeah. I saw that in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. And like Not Shatner good. on a horse. Yeah, 1994. Yeah. Uh, the I don't think I LA. saw the Borg one. I know it exists, but I don't know if I've seen it. People kind of like it. I think, again, you're like your affection for that is directly proportionate to your overall indifference towards Star Trek. Totally. But I am a big TOS uh, fan now. I love yeah. all the, the movies, the, 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 all the episodes. Like, hey, I How do you feel about Star Trek, the motion picture? The Blu-rays. It's the most boring fucking film ever made. <laughs> it's not a movie. Great design. Uh, I like Voyage great Home. Voyage cinematography Home is my and great... Uh, score. Voyage Home is my favorite because there are whales in outer space. So sad. That They're was not in outer space. There's a long cigar in outer space, Matt Cohen. And sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, as Sigmund Freud reminds us. And sometimes it's a humpback whale trying to find it. Sometimes it's your dad's <laughs> cock or whatever. <laughs> are you psyched for two as all these new rumors and casting keep pouring in? No. No. I'll take it on its own merits or demerits. As ever the case may be, but no, I don't. Who did you like the best out of that cast? Um, Chris Pine was pretty fucking awesome, I thought. Mm-hmm. What about? Uh, oh no, oh, excuse Keith me. Urban. Um, no, my favorite. Carl Urban. Uh, Carl Urban. Bones Carl is my favorite. Urban. That was Keith Urban's the country singer. <laughs> yeah, that was Carl which is like another swallow. Bones was definitely my favorite, and because of that, he nailed it. Bones is also my favorite yeah. on the TOS too. Like, yeah. like nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Bones is awesome. Carl Urban. Nailed. He did. DeForest just Kelly. Just so fucking pissed about having to go into space McCoy. and do shit. Yeah, yeah. So good. Really Vacuum nailed of it. disease and, uh, yeah, yeah. It's good. And kind of like wasn't afraid to, it was interesting, like with, um, Zach Quinto and Chris Pine, you could sort of see them in conjunction with JJ and, um, the writing team. You Orc could see them Kurtzman. circling. Kirk and Spock. A you could bit. see them circling those not just the not just those iconic characters, but those iconic performances or those uh, I- iconic characterizations by Shatner and Nimoy. I'll give you. You that. could see those guys sort of circling it and they regarding it into it. Urban's the, Urban's the Urban only one who hit it. Goes right for because it because none of the other ones were even trying. Uh, Uhura is not Uhura. No. Sulu didn't have any fucking lines in the show, so but how can at, he be but a good? But at the Sulu? end of the movie, when Chris Pine sits in the captain's chair when he and crosses Shatner. his leg, that's when he does like Shatner. Shatner, and it's just it's awesome. Um, 
Scotty I just wanted more of that. I like I prefer Simon Pegg Scotty to James Duhans, I think, because at least he has something to do and he's got a personality. Well, and you're also you're one of those guys who just has a perennial soft spot for Simon Pegg. Am yeah, I wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Frost exactly. combo. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm one of those idiots. Exactly. Um, That's okay. Coronado trilogy. That's uh, okay. How do you feel about, by the way, Attack the Block? I love it. It was like yeah. my number three film of the year. Wow. I did my list. Drive. Did you ever get around to that? Drive was Attack my favorite of the block? film. No, I didn't see Attack that. the Block. Attack Aliens. The Block. That's the Aliens, movie Attack yeah, yeah, the Block. It's the Joe yes. Corners film. Yeah, awesome. Attack no, the Block. No, I never saw that. I like the trailer, though. Attack of the Show. It's awesome. And I even, I even, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim's <laughs> like one of my favorite movies ever made, too. So I'm big on that, on that bandwagon. So you throw oh, yeah. Peg in anything. Right. Like, I want to go see Mission Impossible 4 only for Simon Pegg. Right. Which is kind of weird, I think. Well, hey, you know, I've always said that Simon Pegg sure does put ashes into seats <laughs> out in the heartland. <laughs> When Matt Cohen's run home for Thanksgiving run, or made Christmas. Run Fat Boy Run like $400 million, yeah. What did? Run Fat Boy Run. What's that in? It's the Simon Pegg, David Schwimmer directed. David Schwimmer directed. Uh, Simon Pegg star vehicle with Kirsten Dunst and Megan Fox. I've yes. never in my life heard of it. It is not good. It did not is come out theatrically. No. Um, it uh, came out in England and then they dropped it direct to DVD here like a year later. Yeah. Right. Uh, Simon Pegg is a former fat guy. Who's in love with Kirsten Dunst and then gets skinny and starts dating Megan Fox? I don't know. It's fucking horrible. Huh. Uh, yeah. Huh. That's a trailer I didn't watch. Like, no. Oh, no. Click. Next. Next. Click, click, click. Um, but, but, uh, going back to what were we just talking about right before that? Uh, Star Trek. <laughs> um, I, uh, I am psyched for, for more of that franchise though. More of the JJ Trek universe. And I also, even, even though I'm not on that team, uh, I've got certain families and whatever. I also like the fact that Spock is openly gay now. Yeah. Like that's kind of a big cultural thing. The actor playing Spock is openly gay. We should say Spock himself is, as was proven in the JJ Trek, (laughs) fully capable of banging that. Ahura. Exactly. Was it a horror? It wasn't the green skin chick? No, Shatner banged the green skin chick. The green skin chick was actually Scarlet and G.I. Joe. Um, Kirk. Kirk. No, Ahura (laughs) and uh, Spock have a little thing going on, which makes no fucking sense, but we'll we'll go with it. Galadriel and Gandalf, right? I mean, yeah. Exactly. She brushes his fucking cheek. Yeah, she does. And you, you can't see it yet because they haven't, you know, what you're looking at always with these trailers is... Are effect shots that in progress, but she'll leave a little trail of fairy dust. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So your favorite movie of the year is Drive. Drive. By the oh, way, I will wow. not be answering this question. Adam Cook, your favorite movie of the year as we close out 2011 and our very last oh, podcast of this year. The Skin I Live In. The Skin I, You Live In by... Uh, Pedro Almodovar. Almodovar. That was a great movie. Best movie I think fucked I've seen this year movie, is... Great movie. So fucked up. They're not best funny. movie, but... I really like that Bill Cunningham New York documentary. That's a great documentary. Did you see that? I did not. You should that see that. That is a must-see. What is that? It's called love, Bill Cunningham New York. It's about the, the columnist, club? I guess you'd call him, the man about town in the New York Times who photographs people on the street. I did not see that, no. Yeah, I'll check it out. It. It's, on uh, it's on the Academy shortlist, right? So yeah. it it will probably be, it will very likely be nominated. Um, Your favorite film? Twilight, Breaking Dawn, Dude, Part I really, 1, Nonwithstanding. Yeah, I really, 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 really like Twilight. Have mm. to say. Have to say. Okay, if you couldn't say that. If I couldn't say that. Would it or Red State um, or Puss in Boots or any of the I really family. like Red, Red State. State Adam good. Cook. 
Here we are. Love you. Make sure Kevin Smith listens to this Absolutely. episode. No, but that's what I said on my show before I did my top actually, ten list. Yeah, uh, it's getting to a weird point. I brought Adam like, with me to the Red State screening, and yeah. we were both like, that's "Awesome." We both looked at each other afterward, and we were like, um, "That was really good." That's a really good movie, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, like so not what we expected, given the overall re- you know reception of it. Uh, I think we no. saw it after the Sundance kind of passed, where we, no one. It wasn't a Sundance pass. It was a Sundance like. It wasn't a reaction to the film. It was a reaction. It was a reaction to, to Kevin it. selling the movie to himself, oh, which, and, and it was a reaction went. by very few people who lost their fucking minds. Yeah, <laughs> we won't get into that though. But um, I saw The Devil was my number two film of the year. Haven't even heard of it. It's a Korean movie, serial killer, huh. amazing. Fuck, yeah, I saw the trailer. But guy who did it. the Good, Bad, and the Weird, and is doing the new Arnold movie. Okay. It is amazing. Really? Yeah. If you like brutal violence, it's it's one of the most like unflinchingly horrific films ever made. Wow. But not in like a I don't torture. really like brutal violence. Is that the violence, one with the guy in the mouth? No, it's not a torture. Yeah, it is. That is part of it. It's not a torture porn movie. It's just the unflinching like, oh, there's a lot of violence. It, it's in the way that Nicholas Winding Refn does it too. The guy who did uh-huh. Bronson and Drive. Um, where... There's no, there's no like building score. There's no, Kevin did it too in Red State where the violence is there for this. It's not for the sake of titillation. It's there to yeah. serve the story. Yeah. And that's why it, it's even more brutal because it's just there. It just yeah. happens and there's no comment about it. And that's yeah. all I saw the devil was. Interesting. It's just a string of like the most horrific shit you've seen, never seen in a movie, never commented on. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, rough year at the movies. Rough year at the box office as everybody is now writing those stories. With the exception of the Twilight Saga and Transformers and Harry Potter. But um, rough year at the box office and just a rough year at the movies. I don't really... You think 2012 will rebound it with the slate we've got? Yeah, I mean the slate. Although, again, it's like, as I think we, we either... It all runs together. We either talked about it in episode 11 or I've just talked about it endlessly on the telephone. But the interesting thing about 2011, which maybe we'll do... Next episode, if we have the presence of mind to remember, is we'll talk about which movies in 2012 are sure to, well, not are sure, but which movies out of this unbelievable bumper crop of event genre movies are coming that will somehow end up going soft at the box office. Somehow it's not a lot of end superhero up movies this next year, right? Underwhelming. There well, are, the Avengers kicks off the summer season. That's it, though, right? There's only um, the Avengers. It's called The Dark Knight. Okay. And Superman. And Superman. Superman's this year? Have I we don't got know a about release that. date? I yet. think Superman. First quarter next year. There was some year. talk yeah. of The Hobbit moving out of fourth quarter. Yes. And Superman being flown in. As it were to replace The Hobbit on that. Oh, fourth The Hobbit quarter pushing date. back. I could see that. Hobbit pushing back. Oh, okay. and Superman pulling yeah, yeah, forward. Yeah. But who knows? We'll see. No X-Men Last Stand Part 2 yet. I'm holding out for that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see. More Marlon, ice. Marlon is here. Yeah, more ice. <laughs> Marlon Wayans is not on the phone this time now. He's pouring ice because G.I. Joe 2 is not happening. Did you have fun, Adam Cook? I did. I actually really enjoyed watching the two of you. Yeah. That's creepy. Listening to the two of you. That's not less creepy, less creepy. (laughs) It is what it is. We've emptied two bottles of scotch, but there wasn't that much in them to begin with. I'll be the the alky on the the podcast. The requisite alky? Yeah. Played by Abe Vigoda in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's it then, right? We're out. Have a happy new year. What's the runtime, by the way? Uh, Buck 25.
No oh. shit. Tight and nice. Have a happy new year, everybody. Be Not safe. tight and nice. Not tight and Loose nice. Loose and nasty. Loose and goose. Nasty exactly. party bottom of a podcast. Adam, uh, Matt Cohen, Sorry. you're on Twitter. Your yeah. Twitter handle? Camel Toad. If you've made it this far. <laughs> C-A-M-E-L-T-O-A-D. Like a what camel and a toad, into? man. Come on. Adam Cook, you are not on Twitter. I am not on Twitter. But, but you can I find Adam on be. Facebook. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> Or don't. On Twitter, we are on Facebook. Team Jack is on Facebook. Look for the Kyle Cummings illustration and like us on Facebook. We are also on Twitter at Team underscore Jack. And I am on Twitter at Jack underscore Morrissey with two R's and two S's. And make sure if you if you dig this show and you listen to it, uh, if you listen on iTunes, please leave a comment and rate because that definitely helps... Uh, iTunes type stuff. So yeah, even if if you haven't left a comment before, leave a comment. Yo, if you haven't left a comment before, give us this one thing for the holiday season. Give us a comment. Give us a rating and a comment. And give us a rating. And just like your car dealership, we're looking for five stars. Excellent. We are not looking for four the, stars. Uh, we don't get bonus stars. You'll give the Scotch five stars. <laughs> Got me drunk. Which did you prefer, Adam? The the Belvany or the Ardbeg? Ardbeg. You preferred Ardbeg? I actually think the Belvany was a little better. I like the smoky. We leave it ambiguous. That way both can be sponsors next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Does that mean free bottles? All right. Until next week, this has been episode 12 of Team Jack. Um, the ad, uh, Matt, the title is going to be Adam, and it'll just be A-D, like A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-M as in Mark. Okay. All right? Copy. Happy New Year, everyone. Laters. Daddy. Out.